0: some serious things going in my life right now. Why would I care what happened centuries ago? And I'm just trying to survive here. So um, if you want me to keep coming back, you got to sell me on this. Why is this important? Well, I I would first of all say that
1: I have a hard time with anything that we start out with a a Baptist history class quoting Lou Holtz. That's... uh, (laughs)
0: We didn't start the class here. We
1: don't quote Notre Dame coaches to start out a Baptist (laughs) history. Uh, But uh, uh, first of all, history is our identity. It, It is our identity. Randy, when were you born? 1956? What month? March 19th. Okay, March 19th. Where did you go to elementary school? You say Indianola Elementary School? 1956, okay? So, that's all we need to know about him, right? We know everything there is to know about Randy now. We can understand why he is the way he is. We can understand why the decisions he makes are made. We that's all we need. We just need those two little pieces and and we know we can understand his identity. No, absolutely not. You know, no way. Andrew, who was the first president of the United States? George Washington, do you, I'll put you on the spot here to see how the homeschooling went. <laughs> the uh, when did when did we uh, write the Declaration of Independence? Okay, 1776. And who we fight? Got one more for you here. Who did we fight the revolution against to get our independence? The British. Okay, now do you think that if if the first president of the United States, George Washington, walked into uh, Barack Obama's uh, uh, inauguration? He would, uh, he would say, oh, yeah, this is just exactly what I pictured. <laughs> Probably not. Um, it, it's It is as silly to think that we know everything there is to know about Randy and can understand Randy from knowing when he was born and where he went to elementary school as it is silly to think that we know everything about the United States and about Americans today just by knowing that George Washington was the first president. We fought a revolution back in the 1770s. Um, So much more has happened in between to give us the identity that we are today. And, and And yet, Christians, and I would dare say Baptists, have a tendency to say, okay, we read the Bible, and then nothing happened between Revelation and today that has... Put our identity to where it is. I mean, you and I, our church looks very different than the first century church. We're, we we don't <laughs> dress the same. We don't eat the same. We don't sing the same songs. Um, we don't worship the same. We're we're very different. Well, how did we get from there to here? And without that identity, we end up. We end up making some, just fuzzy-feeling choices. Um, yeah, there are churches that you know of. There are churches right here in town that spring up out of nowhere and have no identity. And they end up just, well, let's just do whatever feels fuzzy. What feels right to us. And <laughs> that that's wrong. Um, history help, helps us to understand people and societies and the way that they behave. History... Um, helps us to understand that you know, we live in the present. We live in the present, but we constantly plan for the future, don't we? We're always thinking about tomorrow. We're always thinking about... Well, there is still no tomorrow without today. What happens today affects how we can do things tomorrow. What happened yesterday is the foundation for today. And if we don't understand yesterday... We don't, we don't understand this at all. Um, obviously, if you want to be a good American citizen, you've got to know about American history. If, uh, if we, when we have uh, citizens, people who want to be naturalized citizens, people who want to become citizens of the United States, they have to take a test. They have to take a test, and they have to know a lot more than what most of us know about American history because we say, hey, if you want to be one of us, you better know how we got here, how we got to this point. It's, it's, a, it's essential to good citizenship. If you, want to be a, if you really want to be a good citizen of heaven, you've got to understand the history of the church. And, and then finally, contrary to what you think some people believe, we all know that history is fun. <laughs> history told well is entertaining. History that History told well is captivating. And so, that's why history is important.
0: And, you know, that last that you mentioned there, history is, is captivating. It's a record of the workings of God. And, you know, we encourage people continually, read the Bible, read the Bible. And needless to say, it's eternal. But it's a record of God's working with man. And all throughout history, we can see the mighty hand of God if we look for it and see it. So, um, you know, you were mentioning there about identity. How many of you have thought or have run into people that have said, where have all these religions come from? How many of you, you know, uh, uh, most of us will run into that if we're talking to people about this at all. And most of the time, we're not able to give much of an answer. And yet, there is an answer. And how did we get to where we are and and where is all this leading? From study of prophecy and from the study of history, we can see where it's leading. So, um, let, let me just throw it out. If you're... Um, if you're brave enough to just say, I'm still skeptical about why we need to study this, or you know someone that it is, is and you know what they're thinking, what are some other reasons why historically, in, in most all of our lifetime, church history has been Nothing. swept under the rug? Nothing. Why do you think that is? Or what are some of the other things that we struggle with there? nearly much sweep under the rug from the Okay. Needless to say, we're dealing with spiritual warfare. So Satan wants us to be ignorant. Of what's going on, so that he can bring changes that will seem like little changes, but will end up a long ways from the Word of God. All right? Any other ideas? Take your pop quiz there. You don't need to write your name on it, you won't be handing it in. But just quickly go through that, and um, we'll give you some time here. And. uh, if you need a pen, borrow one from your neighbor, or um, Brett's got a few back there. Go around and hand those out. If you need a writing utensil, raise your raise your hand. Does, need a paper? Does everybody have a paper? While you're doing that, let me just say we want to make this um, this time, this class usable and uh, <clears throat> practical and relevant in our lives. And uh, we we really welcome and invite your feedback. If there's questions, if there's things that aren't clear, if there's suggestions. Um, Come to Mark and I. You might write it on a piece of paper and give it to us. That would be helpful to me. I don't know, Mark. Um...
1: I'd have to learn to read.
0: <laughs> but, um, so, or any suggestions that you have. Um, constructive criticism. The other thing I wanted to mention was that in as
1: much that history really builds your identity this class is also about Baptist Baptist distinctives what makes Baptists different from other Christian groups um, certainly we would all agree that Baptists are not the only Christians however there are some things that separate us from other Christians make us different the uh, you know if you're a Christian you're a Christian because of God's mercy and because of God's grace. Not because of what you are. It's because of what God is. But if you're a Baptist, you're either a Baptist by conviction where you say, these are the things I believe and this is what Baptists believe or by total accident uh, you wandered into the wrong building. And uh, and really, that's that's a big chunk of what we want to talk about.
0: Maybe just give a little of your background, your history.
1: I was uh, I was born in 1959, went to Bellevue Elementary School.
0: Okay, that's <laughs> enough. We know all we need to know.
1: I, Bellevue I,
0: means he grew up in a staunch, staunch Catholic, Catholic community. Staunch
1: Catholic community. In the year I graduated from high school, 110 graduates, 106 Catholics. Uh, and uh, all my friends... Uh, Catholic, all my relatives are Catholic. And uh, I remember when Je- when we learned that John Kennedy was the only Roman Catholic president, I thought, how could that be? Just by the odds. <laughs> you know, isn't everybody Catholic? anyway? But uh, but uh, we had a, a small Presbyterian church and a small Lutheran church in town, and I grew up in the Presbyterian church. I went off to college. Uh, went off to Iowa State University of Science and Technology to Harvard the Midwest. And and there, uh, met some friends. Uh, actually, God used my love of football. We had some football players on the on our dorm floor, who led me to Christ. Uh, first of all, and then took me to uh, University Baptist Church, where I learned what it meant to be a Baptist, and went, you know, this is the stuff I really believe. This this is really what I believe, and. So, at that point, became a pretty hardcore Baptist, much to the chagrin of my family. And um, from that time on, let me talk about last week. <laughs>
0: no, that, that's what you were going for, yeah. Just a little bit of mine. Um, my dad graduated, went to Bible college when he was how old? 29. When he graduated, he said, one thing I'll never be is a Baptist. And he went out and took another church. I was going to not say that, but (laughs) but mom's not. At any rate, and uh, the more he taught the Word of God and the more he studied the Word of God in his first church... Half the church believed, for example, in eternal security, and half the church didn't. I can remember Dad telling me, he said, I thought I'd solve it one Wednesday night in a Bible study. John 3.16, we're going through John, and I said, how long is everlasting? And uh, some old boy in the church said, until you sin. And uh, he realized what he was running up against, and the more he studied Scripture... And the more he identified with people, the more he realized what I believe the Bible says and how that's working out in his society at that time is this is identified with Baptists. So, he was ordained something else. He went and was reordained. And uh, that's kind of the, the history that I have. Mark is first generation I'm second generation, but um any rate, are you done with the quiz? We'll start through it. Go ahead. Okay, number one, true or false, doctrine is not very important.
1: What do you think? How many people said false? How many people said true? Okay, it is. It's true. No, this, it is false. <laughs> the uh, Obviously, without the Scriptures, uh, we couldn't be saved. And doctrine, doctrine is really important. In 2 uh, Timothy... 2 Timothy, Second Timothy three, um, it talks about um, how the the scriptures are important for reproof, uh, for correction and instruction. Doctrine is really, really, really important.
0: Let uh, me let me just jump in here. You know, you mentioned about Baptist by conviction or convenience or accident. It's amazing to me when people move to some other place and they start looking for a church, what they use is a standard of why they're choosing a church. You know, the preacher may give a good message. Well, is that a reason? There's nobody there my age. Or they really have this good program. And it's this doctrine one, they really teach... The doctrine, you know, that has to be the basis of why you choose a church. What is taught and how does it match up with Scripture? Second
1: one true or false, doctrine divides. Absolutely true on the same thing. I mean, it started out with Adam and Eve. The, the doctrine was don't eat that. And they ate it and it divided. They went, okay, we well, uh, over here. Today, doctrine is, is divisive, and it should be divisive. You know, we're not... How many times have you said that, the, that recently the most quoted verse is judge not? You know, that's taken way out of context. We are to be um, um, discerning. We are to, to say, you know, that is not right doctrine. That is not true. And there, there are some things we're going to talk about this later, but there are some things that are not worth separating over. I think, you know, whether whether you have plastic uh, communion cups or, or silver communion cups, <laughs> whether it's whether it's wine or, or grape fruit grape juice isn't probably, you know, worth uh, separating over. But there is a lot of doctrine that is worth separating over. And so that is really important. Uh, Baptists have a monopoly on the, on the truth. Oh, yeah, that, that's, that's, that's false. Uh, and and nobody, ever, nobody should ever claim that, that this denomination or that denomination
0: has a monopoly on the truth. But aren't there people out there that think that's what we believe? How do they get that impression? Sometimes it could be because of arrogance. Okay, sometimes it's because, no, we can't move on this. This is it. Why don't we do that?
1: Yeah, why don't we? Yeah. Christian unity is an oxymoron. Uh, it just doesn't happen. But, but in a exactly, you know, and and the thing is that, and we're going to get to this as well. But one of the most important Baptist Baptist distinctives is we believe in the Bible as the sole rule book, as the as the sole authority, and. When we join ourselves with other groups, and there are other, there are other Christian groups that only have the Bible, that that is their standard. But there are other ones that don't. That don't. Um, and when we join with them, whether it, and it could be something really good. The food pantry is a great thing. The, the community food pantry that's run by the Interchurch Council is a great thing. It, it's really good. And there's nothing extra biblical or not bad about it. But when we join in with another group that says, "Hey, the Book of Mormon is on the same level as the Bible," when we join with another group that says, "Papal decrees are on the same level with the Bible," then we are then we are at least given the impression that we agree with that.
0: That's it. You know, can two walk together except they be agreed, Amos said. And, and you know, the, one of the fundamental differences is when they teach any other way, this separates from a lot of things, any other way of salvation, right away that immediately separates. Then there's some other things as well. But go ahead. Anybody, did anybody know what the huge event in uh,
1: 312 was? I didn't hear you. Nope. Not canonization. Not the Reformation. I heard it over
0: right here. Mary
1: Lou. Okay. Did you hear that? Well, Constantine was the Roman uh, emperor. And he had a vision. He was going into the battle and he had this vision where in the clouds he saw a cross. And he said, by golly, that'll work, that'll work. And so he <laughs> he, uh, he declared himself a Christian and he painted crosses on everybody's shields and they wore the tunics with the cross and everything and they went out and they they won. I was going to use a vulgar term but I didn't. That was good. Uh and uh they, they won big. They won big. They they won bigger than Iowa over South Carolina. It was it that was, is big. It was, it was big. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes. freedom with I don't know if you could all hear uh, what Marilyn said but but with this then with hit with the Constantine becoming a Christian the persecution of the Christians stops and not only stops but is encouraged y'all y'all need to be Christians now and Christianity became the official religion of the Roman Empire and and while, believe me, I do not go home at night and pray for persecution. <laughs> persecution is what makes the church flourish. Um, and nobody wants it, but, it's, but it works. And when it becomes an official religion of a state, that is, which is another Baptist distinctive, is, is, that is not a good thing for the church. We don't want to be the official religion of the state. And take take a look around the world today. You know, look at Mexico. Okay, the Roman Catholic Church, the official church. Boy, that's worked well for them. Uh, the Church of England, a dynamic force. I'm rolling my eyes. I'm being ironic. That that those, it doesn't work. It, it just flat doesn't work. I've offended Marvin. And... Uh, <laughs> Is and anyway, um, the the centralized church eventually morphs into the Roman Catholic Church, and that then leads to centuries of of persecution and and martyrdom of many many Baptists um, who refused to be part of the of the state church. Okay, true or false, Baptists are one of the Protestant denominations, along with Lutherans, Presbyterians, and other Protestant denominations. Come on, we all know Baptists are Protestants. A Protestant is a non-Catholic, right? That's the way that I always was taught. What's a, Mom, what's a Protestant? It's a non-Catholic. Some of us, okay, four of us. Good. The, uh, everybody was Catholic, the handful and of us that aren't, are Protestants. And that's, that's the general thinking. Absolutely. Of- but it is false. It is. It is false. Protestant. What's the root word of Protestant? Protest. Okay. Protest what? Okay. Yeah, so the very name Protestant means coming out of the Catholic Church. Okay. And believe it or not, Baptists never came out of the out of the Catholic Church. Now, individual Baptists may have come out of the Catholic Church. You know, maybe maybe there's somebody in here who was who was raised Catholic and. And was Catholic at one point, but the the Baptists did not come from the Catholic Church. That the Baptists trace their roots all the way back to um, all the way back to the to the first century. Do you have the the quote of Spurgeon, Spurgeon, who was. Of course, you might say that, that uh, this might be a little bit prejudiced because, obviously, Spurgeon was the, uh, a great Baptist preacher. But we believe that Baptists are the original Christians. Is that the right one? Yep. Okay. Uh, we, we did not commence our existence with the Reformation. We were Reformers before Luther or Calvin were born. We never came from the Church of Rome, for we were never in it. But we have an unbroken lineup to the apostles themselves. By the way, Spurgeon, I love the story of Spurgeon. You know, Spurgeon uh, was not raised a Baptist. He was, uh, uh, and and got converted a little later in life and, and then became a Baptist and became probably, some would argue, the greatest Baptist preacher ever. And his mother said, I always prayed that you would be a Christian. But I never prayed that you would be a Baptist and, and, uh, He said something to the effect that that you see God answers your prayers so much more abundantly than
0: what you even know how to pray. (laughs) Uh, Now, in this quote, let me just point out here, to go back and find a specific place where this group of people claimed the name of Baptist, and from that point then all this grew, you won't find that. But you, you are able to go back throughout history and find people that believe the basic teachings of Scripture as we do today. And they were called by various names. And most of the names, I mean, Christian, Baptist, and a lot of these other names were given to people by their enemies. There, there are many, many groups of people in various locations in, in throughout Europe and so on that were called by the, the Waldenses. Peter Waldo was the founder, but it was through the study of Scripture. So it's not like when Spurgeon says there's an unbroken line, it's not like here was First Baptist Church of Jerusalem and from that... You can trace all these. But the, the core foundational beliefs can be traced through. Martinus? In, in the book of Acts, the Antioch. We'll be, we'll be touching all, on all that in weeks to come. Which two groups have martyred the
1: most Baptist believers? Roman Catholic Church and the Protestants. You sure on that? You want to? Is that your final answer? That's your final answer, and that would be right. The Roman Catholic Church and the Protestants, isn't that? And since we're all Protestants anyway. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, let's Jews. Okay, in the early church, yeah, the Jewish leaders went around. I mean, Paul—that was his full-time job—to uh, to persecute believers, but that ended within a generation. So, yeah, were there were there uh, Christians that were martyred by by uh, Jews? Absolutely, but not a huge number. Um, but Stephen, you know, being a great example, uh, the uh, Roman government. The Roman government really had this down well. They did a good job of killing Christians. I mean they did they were nasty about it too. I mean they had the Colosseums, they were throwing to the lions and, and and all that. You know, uh you know y'all you know that that they had the great circuses where they you know sent out the gladiators and they and, and they literally did feed Christians to, to wild animals. But um at one point, one of the emperors—I want to say it was—I'm nah, not sure which one it was. It was probably Caligula because he was like the grossest of them all. But he decided he wanted to have the original night game, honestly. And he took Christians and soaked them in oil, put them up on top of poles, and set them on fire to light the arenas. You, can, you know, they—they they, they were good at it. They were—they—they they had the—the the, whole persecution thing down well. But by 312, that was over. Now, they what they did, they did well. But once they got done with it, you know, the, the persecution stopped. Um, communists, the communists have done a good job of persecuting Christians over the years. Um, but that... Their time period has been pretty short. Pretty short, yeah. And you know, less than 100 years. And I disagree with, I've read several commentators say, well, communism has been relegated to the dustbin dustbin of history. Largest country in the world is communist, right? I mean, and the Chinese
0: are not backing off at all. And Russia, there's a great resurgence of uh, communism. And prophetically, um, Russia is going to, it will be that, and it's going to be marching in on Israel. So, communism is, I would say, alive and well around the world. the The
1: Muslims, the Muslims don't pick on Baptists per se any more than they pick on the rest of Christians. Um, they're, the Muslims are are nasty, but but in the in the terms of numbers, they're not huge numbers, and that and we're just they they don't. When I say Muslim, you know, you don't call. Is he talking Sunni, Sunni Muslims or Shiite Muslims? The Muslims don't think of us as different from you know Catholics and Church of England and whatever. They, they're not after one group as opposed to another. Which leads us then to the Catholics and the and the Protestants. That obviously the the Catholics in the Middle Ages, especially, martyred thousands and tens of thousands. I mean. You can go. If you add them all up, it gets into millions of of uh, Baptist believers who were who were martyred at the hands of the, of the Roman Catholics. Um, I I told the story one time quite a while ago, but but uh, the followers of of Peter Waldo, the Waldensies, uh, were chased from from the region of France called called Lyons, and and they lived up in the up in the Alps, the French Alps, and in the caves, trying to, to keep away from, from, the, uh, from the Roman uh, Catholic soldiers, which, who, by the way, you've all heard of the Dominicans, right? You know, the, the, brother, the, the Dominican brothers, you know, who do such wonderful work. Okay, Dominican, Cain, means dog. Domini of God. These were the, these were the dogs of God. That's what their name means and it means that that their job was to sniff out and tear apart Christians and specifically what the people who would we today would call Baptists and um, and they they when they they chased these guys uh, into the into the uh, Alps and at one place and and literally thousands were killed but at one place they cornered, 400 Waldenzi women and children in a cave. And they piled the front of the cave up with wood and set it on fire. And killed them all by smoke inhalation and by fire. These are the Dominicans, you know, the holy brothers. Um, they, They were nasty. And we can go throughout history but you know when the protestant reformation came along our lutheran brothers and our uh, and especially our reformed brothers uh, out of switzerland they they were they were not on the mass scale of taking you know killing 400 at a time or 1000 at a time but uh, great people who we who we revere like zwingli and calvin they were responsible for the deaths of many Anabaptists, who we call today Baptist Christians, Conrad Grable, was, was he at Lake Geneva? You were there, right? Um, and at the hands of the Swiss reformers, from the order from Zwingli, was wrapped up, and it was, it was in wintertime, it was cold, wrapped up in chains, take out on Lake Geneva and thrown overboard as a as an example of this is what happens to you if you refuse to follow our teachings one of the main ones being he refused to have his children baptized
0: and this is the problem when you tie the state and religion and that's why our our forefathers really in america we were very close to having state religions were it not specifically for Baptists that said no? I mean, and they would have made Baptists part of the state religion. There were
1: five, five denominations they wanted to make the state religion of the United States. And, of course, Baptists was one of them. And it was still the Baptists that stomped their feet and, and yelled and said, no, if you want to have a Catholic church, let the Catholics pay for it. If you want to have a Baptist church, let the Baptists pay for it. There shouldn't be an official church.
0: Even if it's multiple churches, and because of that persecution, because of the state church, the Protestants are one of the leading persecutors of Baptists. We not, better move on. Not here. quite as
1: good. Not quite as good as the Catholics, right? Were, but uh, right.
0: But they were still there. Um,
1: what about uh, true or false? The Bible doctrines of Baptists are are completely different. From doctrines of Roman Catholics and Protestants, true or false? false? Okay, false. There are a lot of things we have in common. Jesus, okay, would be in common. Um, we we have the 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 Bible is the Word of God, uh, the deity of, of Christ, the Virgin Birth, um, all that, substitutionary uh, view of atonement, all that we we would share with with others. However, um, Well, the next one, true or false, the Bible doctrines of Baptists are somewhat closer to Protestants than the doctrines of the Roman Catholics. That's true. That's true. I mean, Martin Luther and and, uh, guys like Calvin, Zwingli, and Knox, they took a lot of their ideas from the Baptists and said, you know, that's not right. That's not right. That's not right. Some of them are big. Some of them are are not so big. But... um, for instance, you know, we all believe in the virgin birth of Jesus. Mary was a was a virgin, okay, but was Mary a virgin forever? Okay, uh, obviously not. I mean, she got married, she had other children. Uh, the Bible names, you know, James and Jude, and 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 at one point, uh, when he's speaking, uh, the people say, "Wait a minute, isn't this?" You know, isn't this Jesus? Don't we know his mother? Don't we know his brothers? Don't we we know the family? Okay, there were others there. We just read in in Luke chapter two, and and Mary took her firstborn. Okay, if you're going to have a firstborn, I mean, if you're going to identify one as a firstborn, there's going to be a secondborn uh, at least. And so, I mean, you might not, you might say that's not a gigantic issue. Well it is if you're adding to the bible if you take what the bible says and you say
0: well yeah but i'd prefer to have this belief meaning that roman catholicism believes she was an everlasting virgin right
1: and that somehow makes her on level with jesus as a as somebody that that you go to um, and the whole idea of the the priesthood of the believer, you know, you want to talk to you want to talk to God. You talk to God. You don't have to go to the priest and confess your sins and have him talk to God. Or if you're, you know, in a in a pinch, you pray to a saint or to, to Mary
0: and say, "Hey, Mary, go." Talk in to this God. case, your priest is a saint, Saint Lawrence, <laughs>
1: <laughs> and a Lou Holtz fan. Um. Which of these following doctrinal topics do Baptists hold significant distinctions from, from uh, Protestants and Catholics? All of them.
0: Yeah, and we'll be going into much greater detail on all of those. So, um, number 10.
1: Did anybody get A? What was the name of the Baptist preacher in Virginia who insisted on freedom of religion? Anyway? John Leland, who I thought was the manager of the Detroit Tigers, but
0: his descendant.
1: Okay. And uh, what foundational first freedom is a restatement of two Baptist distinctives or Baptist doctrines? Freedom of conscience. Who said that? John, John Leland. John Leland. And somebody said freedom of conscience, whoever said that was Mary Mary. Lou, right on, and separation of church and state. All right. Well, we got almost halfway through lesson one.
0: Okay. All right. Well, um, we hope that this is, um, that you will be much in prayer for.